B-Pod Studios. Comic books, video games, anime, sci-fi. If you've been made fun of for it, we're probably going to talk about it. One question. Is it too late to change the name? Nerd Radio starts now. Welcome to Nerd Radio. It's another week of Nerd Radio with myself, your host Chuck Bean, along with Al Beck. And James, who uh, is not here, unfortunately. Yes. Nerd Radio. We will miss him. He's got some uh, some po- important business that does not involve uh, playing, uh, what is it, Realm Royale? He's got some important... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever it is he's playing these days. Right. But, yeah, no, sure. he, he had a lot of extra stuff to do this week. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, it all took precedence. And honestly, uh, it, you know, we want to stay on schedule with the Twitch stream, so yeah. we couldn't, like, move a, move the day or anything right. like that. So that's why so he, unfortunately... So, uh, was not able to join us. So we put out a call for a replacement, James. Yes. And Robbie from Checkpoint XP answered the call. Challenge accepted. Exactly. Yes. And uh, he, he is entertaining us with the, the drop system that we have yet to use yeah. because they're, uh, they're as, as I said previously, as I said previously in a segment that you will hear later on tonight <laughs> <laughs> because time travel. Yeah, uh, yeah t- this episode's going to be a little timey-wimey. Yeah, for sure. You are in the TARDIS. Yes, we are yeah, in the TARDIS. Yeah, well, that, that was our, what I was going to bring up is that this remi- the, the studio reminds me of the TARDIS and that there are like five stations, but uh, we rarely have five people to run all of them. Yeah. So you just... It, it it'll be really fun if you actually saw us running around. Yes, yeah. While so it was the 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 quick Cliff Notes explanation is we had uh, Jason, for, uh, fellow producer from Dave and Chuck the Freak, join us because we are going to be talking Joker later in the show. Absolutely. And he had stuff to do as well. Yes. So we wanted to record that first. We did the whole segment segment as though it was going to be the first segment, and then decided, you know what, let's stick it at the end because it's spoiler heavy, and we want people to tune in and yeah. listen to as much of the podcast as we can before uh, tuning out. So we're going to try and entertain you before. Yes, we're going to try. But yes, of, uh... spoiler heavy Joker talk coming at the end of the podcast. But I, of course, interrupted before we had a chance to introduce your fiance, who is also filling yes, in. Yes, uh, acronym Amy Cooper is, is also with us. Uh, Sorry, Amy. It's okay. <laughs> Come on, buddy. Come on. Come on. Come I'm on, over buddy. here entertaining people on the twitch stream well i appreciate that <laughs> yes. absolutely thank you because it is up in front of me and i could be doing that and uh i really am dropping the ball over here yeah so. well that's men the... aren't made to multitask yeah, it's no. fine. <laughs> <laughs> i'm barely made to task okay <laughs> it's true christ very true so let's talk about some of the stuff that happened this weekend that was not the joker movie this weekend was the new york city comic con mm-hmm. uh there were a couple of announcements from there mostly transformers related so i will spare you <laughs> However, (laughs) where's Jason go? I'm going to go hang out with him. (laughs) However, uh, you remember about a month ago I was talking about they were crowdfunding a Unicron figure, the big planet. Yes. Yeah. uh, yeah. Transformer. He did. They did get enough signatures. uh, Enough people signed up for a six hundred and fifty dollar Transformer. Oh, my God. To, uh, to to get that, we thing. just need money. <laughs> yeah, that's so that's, much of it. That's essentially what it came down to. But uh, I I did not. Uh, Amy, you will be very delighted to know I did not sign up for a six hundred and fifty dollar toy. Hey, I'm not judging. No, you, you don't. Tim, you and Tim could split it and share. I know. We have we, parental. Yeah, rights. my my friend Tim that uh, that is also super into Transformers. Uh, we we joked about like uh, him having it on the weekends and me having it on the weekdays or something like that. <laughs> Shared custody. Shared custody. <laughs> Unicron. <laughs> Um, uh, but one of the things that they did announce at New York City Comic Con I wanted to talk about is the uh, the X-Men books, which uh, are wrapping up the, the Powers of X, House of X miniseries mm. this week with Powers of X uh, number six. And then we'll be moving forward next week, starting with X-Men number one. They announced that part of the second wave in February is a regular Wolverine series. 
Oh, so I might have to actually go and get uh, caught up on those then. Yeah, the, the Wolverine is coming back with... Um, I got too many buttons to hit over here. I Could work. you pretend to try? I got to hit cameras. I got to I gotta read stuff. Writer Benjamin Percy and artist uh, Vigner Vognovic. I don't know who that is. And uh, Adam Kubert are going to be doing uh, Wolverine. No, no, Andy. Andy. No, Andy. Andy. No, Andy. Just the Adam. <laughs> Just the Adam. The Twitch people have been watching Robbie the whole time. I was yeah, it's getting a little awkward over here, guys. <laughs> Damn it! That's what I like is you didn't go Anyone for the wide shot. Anyone else want to do their jobs today? No, I really don't. No, I never do. That's why I'm making Chuck do everything <laughs> yes. per usual. I when guess. Chuck gets stuck on me, I just start making faces at the camera, like. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I, that's the thing that is weirdest to me about this is unless like running this, I can I know which camera is on me. But when James is over here, I never know where the camera's on me. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm it's probably like, for you the best, then we can see your weird nose. <laughs> oh, you gonna, are you going to bring that up? Are you really going to bring that uh-huh. up? Okay. Are you trying to, she's trying to start a fight because Robbie, <laughs> Robbie, of course, is the one that uh, in the Twitch stream a couple of weeks ago said that I have a weird nose. And you know what? I don't. Look at that. Right there. There you go. Yeah, just you know, good believe, in, believe in yourself. <laughs> yeah. Good nose. Look at, all right, look at that nose. Now look at this nose. Coming up later on Nerd Radio, an in-depth discussion on psychosis. Right. Which, which nose do you really like here? Men do not like nostrils. Oh. If they knew we could shapeshift, they would tell the church. All right. One of the other things that was happening in New York City Comic Con is Stuart Imonen, who we last saw in Amazing Spider-Man, is coming back for one of Joe Hill's DC horror books. Um, and, that, and that's pretty, okay. That's pretty important because when he finished Amazing Spider-Man with number with issue eight hundred, he said that he was retiring until the right project came along. And apparently, this was that yeah, was quick. Yeah, well, Joe Hill, though, man, those lock and keys. I think that's that might be the only thing I've read from him. Yeah, but it's probably his strongest work. Yeah, uh, but I'm definitely excited to you know. To now, see were you more. telling me this was going to be a DC property? Whatever he's doing, DC is doing. They're calling it DC House of Horrors. Okay, and Joe Hill is essentially much in the same way that. Um, What's the guy from My Chemical Romance, the lead singer? Gerard Way. Thank you, Amy. I knew she would know that. Much like Gerard Way runs the DC Young Animal imprint, which has Doom Patrol and, and mm-hmm. all that stuff on it. Uh, Joe Hill, make us a bunch of horror books. So that's what he's doing. Cool. That's it. No. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what, uh, I don't know if I'll pick it up or not. As much as I liked uh, Lock and Key, that might yeah. be, you know, maybe down the road I'll pick it up and trade or something. I, I don't feel an urgency. Remember uh, last week I told you guys about the Joker book that was going to be on shelves, The Year of the Villain, Joker One-Shot. It's yeah. uh, written by John Carpenter and Anthony Burke. Yes, yeah, yeah. We were talking about that last week, I believe. Yeah, I got a chance to flip through it before we did the show today. It wasn't blown away, okay. but it's definitely, like, if you are a fan of either Anthony Burch, writer of Borderlands, or John Carpenter, who's done so many great yeah. movies, it's it's worth checking out, for sure. So I don't have it in front of me. Otherwise no, put it no. In the camera. But. Right. But this, this is not one of those. So every so often you'll bring in a book and talk yeah. about it and you go, do you need me to pick it up for you at the store? And I go, yeah, yeah, go ahead and get that. Right, right. I'm your but, dealer. Yeah, you are. You're the pusher. Right. The comic pusher. Um, so this one, uh, not really any rush. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, nah. it's just a one shot. And like, I don't. It was OK. Yeah, but it didn't blow me away. It didn't blow me away like you know reading the last Powers of X number six. Like every successive issue of the House of X Powers of X things, 
turns something about the X-Men on its ear. Norris has been going on and on and on about that, too. So I think uh, uh, me it's, and Joe need to get caught up on it so we can talk about it one week on our show, too. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. It, 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 as a longtime X-Men fan, like the X-Men haven't been this fascinating in probably have like, uh, have, have either of you had a chance to check out J.J. Uh, Abrams and Son's uh, uh, new, Spider-Man? new take on Spider-Man? Yeah, yeah, oh, I dug I'm that. I'm excited for that. I dug that a lot. That was yeah, I haven't cool. read it, but uh, Chuck brought it in for a show one week, and I got to flip through it, and he gave us a little bit of the insight on it, and it yeah. looked really interesting. Yeah, uh, I do like I like J.J. Abrams. Yeah, and I and, and I think they're doing something interesting, not just with Spider Man, but but they're 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 doing something that I suppose actually has been done before with a uh, uh, Batman Beyond. But the idea that you age the hero, right. so instead of just rebooting him or you know trying to do some new take on him, where's he at later in his life, and how does that affect everyone around him? And I think sure. it's just a really really cool concept. I mean, sort of like uh, Frank Miller did uh, Batman Begins or uh, the, the Dark Knight Dark, Dark Knight Returns. Returns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. I couldn't right. remember. Uh, Clearly, I've <laughs> I've remembered a remarkable amount of things already this week. That's insane. <laughs> That's true. More than normal, right? Um, but I kind of like that idea that that was what 1986 or something like that. And they're like, well, I mean, he's been around since 1939. How old would he be? Like you were kind of saying. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, it's one of my favorite things about that book. You know, I'm gonna go in a in a you know Marvel offices or, or DC offices and just like pick a superhero, and it's like, okay, it's John Constantine with back pain. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> see, and yeah, they'll be like, we want at least twelve issues of that. Yeah. I want to see that for sure. Well, it's, considering it's, you said that you think Thomas and Martha Wayne were taking Bruce home from seeing Space Jam. The, the, look, no it lines up. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, in canon, it was Zorro. It was, but if you if you if he was this age now and you <laughs> aged him back to when he went to the theater, you know what was in theaters at the time? Motherfucker, come on, Space Jam. I'm sorry. I thought it was garbage. <laughs> this is what I live with. <laughs> yeah. This has been an argument multiple times, Absolutely mind you, true. which is why I pressed that button. Yeah, as, <laughs> as you either said off mic or in the future in an upcoming thing, you have to be a nerd to be engaged to this <laughs> Exactly. Right. For sure. But, uh, absolutely. Al, you were telling me over the weekend you got to try out the uh, L.A. Noir. I did. I the, got the, the yeah. VR. Yeah, because you, you had broke that news to me that it was now a VR thing, and so I had to download it. Right. Um, oh, you have PlayStation VR? I do have PlayStation nice. VR. Yeah. I've got a, I don't have much on it. I've got the Batman well, there, Arkham. There isn't much on it. <laughs> there is true. <laughs> so much of it is pretty affordable, too. They're very small games. Mm-hmm. They're very small games. I mean, I got, I got all the way through the Batman VR, you know, you know, in a couple of hours, if that, you know, I mean, it was, right. it's very quick. But L.A. Noir, uh, I didn't get through the whole thing, but I played a couple of missions, and I'm finding with the VR games, if you can move, the graphics suffer. Oh yeah, see, the, and, and that's what I think has been holding VR back is what we need is bespoke VR games, not taking a great game and putting it into VR. Because I, I had a, a Resident Evil Seven, mm. which I played in VR, which was. Fine. And of course, it was scary because it's Resident Evil. It's scary even out of VR. Right. But you can see, you, you, you can tell. Yeah. You can tell. But now, like, uh, my, now my favorite game uh, that I have on VR is the Bridge Crew, the Star Trek one, which right. Chuck and I have played. You didn't do the VR version, but. Right. But, but it was, fa- it was hilariously fun. But visually, that one is phenomenal, but you're stationary the whole time. Mm-hmm. And even in the Batman game, you, you can move around the map a little bit, but there's predetermined destinations you can select from so the graphics are better have you uh, seen any of the trailers for this uh iron man vr game that, no. uh, that marvel's developing no Ooh. 
It's it, the trailer that I seen seems like it's just very rail shooty. Like you know, you're set on a course, and you know you have to you look around and, and shoot things out of the sky and whatnot. Yeah. But I've seen a few people who have actually got to try more than just what, you, what they've seen in the trailer, and I'm kind of on the hype fence because again, VR games can so easily just kind of fall the wayside and, and, sure. and feel more gimmicky than anything else. But I mean, apparently you use the the, the and this is on Oculus. I don't think it's uh, on the, uh, the PSVR. Okay, I could be wrong though. But you actually use the controls, like depending on how you like put your hands and whatnot to like activate the thrusters and like fly around and stuff like that. So some of the reviews that I've seen, the early ones, are saying that it could change the VR game, where it's like the first true, really good VR game. Interesting. But, uh, something to look into. That was yeah. uh, in my experience with my brief experience with the Oculus VR. Like some of the best stuff is rail shooters, mm-hmm. like you know, playing something along the lines of Panda Dragon. Though I do love that lightsaber game. <laughs> Holy crap, that lightsaber game fun! The, the, the Beat Saber. Yeah. Right? yeah. Hey, phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so fun. yeah, that was uh, the one of the ones my nephew wanted to get. I got him. Oh, I can't remember what the hell it was called. Um, I don't know. I got him another one of the kind of big ones right now. Where yeah. it's, you know, you there was. A, there was another one. I know I told you about it when I got to play the Oculus Rift, but it was like a robot shooter. Yeah. Like you were just you were gunning down robots the whole time, and that was really fun. Yeah. But, I don't know. I, I think VR is getting close. I mean, that's what I'll say about my experience with it. I'm very happy. Like, I don't think I, I wasted my money. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our boss, our program director, actually just recently got a PlayStation, was kicking around the idea of getting a PSVR, and I was like, dude... It's not that much money. It, right. I mean, it's um, it's not like it's nothing, well, but it's not that bad. A lot of money if, to some people. Well, if, if, if they can find a way to shave another 100, 150 off it so it's more affordable, then I think more developers will look at it as, as you know, a, a, a worthwhile investment going forward and start to develop a little bit more. When you have your AAA publishers, you know, looking into developing for it, Rockstar, Bethesda, even EA – that's when I think we'll start to get some truly like game changing software for it. Yeah. Well, I, I do mean though, like uh, Chuck, back to that other point that <clears throat> compared to what yeah, I would expect it to have costed, it's yeah. more reasonable than I was expecting right. when I hadn't got it. But I think it's worth it. And like, the LA Noir, it, it was cool. Like I said, the, the graphic, you drive, you get to drive a car though, and like you got to grab the steering wheel, and that was a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> do you but have to do cool. it? Do you have to do it like that huge pantomime steering wheel? <laughs> yeah, just it does. It does look a little bit like that. Like, but, you're, like you're driving a, a, a ship yeah. at sea. We have talked about VR enough on this show, and I don't. You haven't played the PlayStation VR. I may have to I have bring not. the stuff in and let you take it. I just, for, yeah, just let know? me. Let me. Take it for play a couple weeks because I don't play very minute. often at all. <laughs> if, if, if L.A. Noir wasn't set in the 1940s when I was 16. <laughs> right. Well, that was my <laughs> question about again. <laughs> that was my question about L.A. Noir. Does it take stuff that you've already played from the original L.A. Noir game and just stick it in VR? Or is it kind of is it new story content? Uh, let's see. I think it's very similar to the game. It was just sort of case files from that. Like there's one in particular where you've uh, there's a bank robbery. And, okay. uh, you, and you've got to get in there, and that was actually where I stopped playing it because you got a you've got a shotgun and you got to pump it right and trying to aim, aim it. And I was just like, okay, I, what I had going on, I was like, I don't have time to learn how to play this right now, <laughs> so I set it down. But I, I had to at least play a little bit um, so I could talk about it on the show. But uh, uh, yeah, that was that was a recycled mission right. from that was the thing about that robot shooter that I felt found you know really freaking cool is that you would you would use pistols you would have like two pistols like john woo style and you would just drop them and then you would move your hands down to your sides to pick up two more pistols mm. which was cool and then eventually you get a shotgun which was supposed to be on your back so you would have to reach back 
to get yeah. a new one. You'd fire it and then drop it and reach back to get a new one. That's how the reload feature worked in it. Yeah. It was really cool. It was really cool. Oh, and this one you had to actually like sh- shove shells shove the into shells the shotgun. Shove the shotgun. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So it was it was, it was was involved. And like I said, I didn't have time to <laughs> master it. I'll just have my nephew play it for three minutes and he'll he'll master it. Right. For sure. Well, let's take a small Settle break. Settle down, old man. <laughs> I should just play that on a loop. Yeah, right. <laughs> let's uh, let's take a short break. I got a couple of video game stories to get to as well. The Magic uh, the Gathering Arena tournament was this past weekend. The tournament I told you guys, you and James, about where you could win one of just about any card or mm. every card. Uh, and uh, we'll we'll talk about it next because I did try try it out. How many how many do you th- how many games do you think I won? I'm going to say none. None? (laughs) We'll find out if you're right. Coming up next. You want nothing. (laughs) This is Nerd Radio. That's cool. I'm taking it back. What are you nuts? I'm taking it back. You watch. Welcome back. It's Nerd Radio on the podcast page at WRAF.com. All over your social media at Nerd Radio 101. And now a YouTube channel. That's right. You can search us out on YouTube. We've got a couple of clips up there right now. We will be adding more clips as time permits. <laughs> uh, but you can subscribe subscribe to the YouTube channel. Shut up, man! No, no, that, I'm just I'm laughing because that's another new job that came up that I didn't take. That you didn't? Yeah, you had nothing to do with. That's somebody else's that's doing. Somebody else's job. My name is And I just groaned when I got out of my chair to hit Jeez, pause. Ali, you are such a slacking old man. <laughs> On an SD card. I didn't even we talked about what 3 weeks ago we were trying you would try to explain emoting to me and I was like I couldn't be bothered with it. Yeah, for sure. Still have the, no idea. Emoticons and stuff like that. No. My name is Chuck B and I am joined by Al Beck, uh, my my usual co-host and this week we were joined by acronym Amy Cooper, Woo-hoo. who I love dearly. Mm. Uh, and Robbie Landis who uh, I love kind of. <laughs> what up, though? <laughs> uh, of course, Robbie, part of the Checkpoint XP group. We're streaming live on Wednesday afternoons in the Checkpoint XP studios on their uh, Twitch stream. And uh, as I said, you can find us all over your social media, Nerd Radio 101 on the podcast page, WRF.com. And in Boston, rock929rocks.com. Absolutely. So we were talking during the last segment about uh, Magic Gathering Arena. Had a big tournament uh, this week. Or this weekend, I should say. Yes. Where you and could, I'm dying to find out how many games that you I'm won. sure you are. You could uh, you could win every card in standard. All you had to do was win 12 games without losing more than twice. Ooh. Uh, as soon as you lost twice, Ooh, you were kind out. Of like a gauntlet mode then. And you could not come back. As soon as you lost twice, you were out. I bet you won a single time. A single time? Yep. Uh, I am uh, sad to report that Al was correct in the last segment. I lost two games straight. Price is right, baby. Close is <laughs> not going over. Damn. You must have been playing in the middle of the night because I didn't hear you swearing. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Uh, I lost. Uh, I, I knew it was going to happen that way when they changed everything from standard to the, the new uh, stuff. Excuses, all the, excuses. All the new decks they gave me are terrible. Uh, and I need to buy a whole bunch of cards in game. It's in order definitely to... not user error, guys. Obviously. Of course not. <laughs> not at all. I am great at radio. Yeah. Therefore, uh, it could not have been me. Sure. All right. <laughs> uh, however, you know it. It is uh, the the new the new stuff is real neat. They are. Uh, we're we're gonna have to have Kyle in here in a, a couple weeks to talk about some of the new cards in the set because they are based on like um, uh, fairy tales. So like, there's a particular green uh, creature that's called like uh, uh, like uh, flaxen darling or something like that. It's this like zero one blonde girl. Okay. But uh, you can play her as a um, 
uh, like like as a spell to summon three bears. Let's go nice. relax in the three bears. Oh, there's a there's a there's a dwarven mine that you can put down on the table, and like once you have so much land, so many lands, you can tap the mine and all these lands to make seven dwarves. Oh, gotcha. So you know, it's it's a lot of neat interplay like yeah. that, where like you you like aha, it's this. I get it. All right, cool. Yeah. Is magic on your radar, Robbie? At all? Um, a while ago. I mean, I, I played it growing up. You know, going through college, and there was a point uh, when I had moved in uh, with my college roommate a few years after college that we. Sp- both sort of got heavy into it and then realized we had spent like $300 worth <laughs> oh, yeah. within like a month. And we're like, no, we can't keep doing this. So I got rid of all but four decks that I keep like in, you know, in a little, in a little box. And I kind of treat yep. it now as like a board game. Like if we want to play sure. something, hey, I got four decks we can, we can bust out and play. But other than that, yeah, not really. Yeah. It's a, it's a, that's one of the things I like about arena is it's super expensive. You can spend money on the, on the digital version of arena, but you can just like play games. They give you daily quests and you can just, you know, make sure you play Fifteen red creatures, and then I, you know, in the games today, mm-hmm. like, all right, cool. And yeah, Hearthstone does a lot of the same stuff, and I, I, yep. I kept up with that for a little while too. But they, then they just started coming out with with new uh, decks so often or new sets so often. Oh, yeah. and I'm just like, no, I can't. No, mm. I can't. Yeah, it hits a point where the, like the total amount of cards playable is so large that you can't prepare for everything. Mm-hmm. And, it becomes- and then they start, you know, retiring cards. Now you feel like stuff that you've you know been saving up is kind of worthless, right? And- just it's a whole cycle. Card games are weird. Man. They are so weird. I've never weird. really got into them. Like yeah. I, any of them. I mean, Magic's obviously a big one. I've heard of it. But, yeah. Uh, any of them. I've never really. I, I I also have like like a like collector syndrome. You know, same thing with Pokemon. Like like I don't really yeah. care about how good I can get. I just want to have everything. Okay. Which is another reason why when I'm playing card games, even if I know it's a crappy card, I still want to get all of them. Yeah. And it's 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 just it's too much for me. Mm-hmm. Too right. much. I was telling Amy on the drive here that uh, we were talking about playing Pokemon Go. And how we have not played Pokemon Go in a long time. And I was oh, like, yeah. The only game on my phone I play now is this thing called Marvel Collect. And it's just essentially like just trading cards. It's not even a game. It's just trading cards. You just open packs of trading cards. And you're like, oh, it's a card with Kitty Pride on it. Sweet. How do you get the packs? Uh, every day you log in and they give you so much, you know, coins or whatever to buy the packs. And then uh, you you can... Buy packs. You can just collecting for the sake of collecting. You're just collecting cards. It's just you're just collecting trading cards, and that's it. And I'm like, yeah, there's no game involved, really. But mm. you know, I don't have to think about Ball it. Either. it. Yeah. <laughs> <great>. <laughs> uh, I wanted to pull up this story. It's too bad James isn't here because he could uh, he could uh, chime in on it. But uh, Robbie, you might have something on this. There was a site uh, a story on our website wraf.com. There's a Fortnite lawsuit. Oh, saying that yeah. it is as addictive uh, as cocaine. Yep, yep. So Fortnite's being sued by uh, someone up in Canada. A, yeah, Montreal-based law firm yeah. uh, has filed a lawsuit against Epic Games from the parents of a 10-year-old and a 15-year-old. Yep, they saying, are alleging that uh, Fortnite is specifically designed to be addictive and to get you coming back again and again and again. Right. Which, I mean, first of all, isn't that just the point of entertainment in general isn't that how games work like if it's a business in general if it's a good game you want to do it but apparently epic has gone out of their way to get like the best psychologists and scientists and whatever and game designers to make sure that this has the same addictive qualities as cocaine well i mean they spent a lot of money to make sure it works so i it works last time you heard anybody dying from well yeah well Fortnite. Well, even at that though, we're talking about like you have you end up with a physical chemical dependency on on a drug, mm-hmm. right? And it's it is different. Like you can you know become a, an addict of habit 
to anything. Oh, yeah. Sure. It's you that know, whole, but, like, you push button, get good feeling right. in brain. You know, I mean, we get the, the same thing with things like social media. We see all that stuff, uh, you know. The, the, the likes. The likes releasing dopamine in your brain. And suddenly, exactly. And that is, there is an addictive quality to it. But you're not getting again. It's not a chemical dependence. Well, and and, and unfortunately, you know, with, with the, the the trend that's been going on in media. I mean, last year I think it was uh, uh, Prince Harry had made a comment. You know that he's kicked Fortnite out of his house because it's just as bad as drugs. And then you have the World Health Organization uh, over the past few years. It has now started to classify uh, gaming addiction as like you right. know an actual uh, 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 condition. So I mean, obviously this this story and this idea is uh, ludicrous, but it's not going to stop people. Uh, the uneducated right. or the self-educated, I guess we could say, uh, from pursuing these sort of things. I've definitely felt kind of a chemical, a brain chemical when I don't get to play. Bless Excuse you. me. I got that on camera, too. <laughs> uh, I've definitely felt cut like away, cut away! when I don't get to play video games for like a day or something like that, there is kind of a like, oh, man. Like I need, but I mean that could be said for anything, hit. right? I'm sure. If if, if if you don't see an acronym here for a few days, don't don't you miss her? Oh, Absolutely. Maybe not as much as video games. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. It is not true. Video games don't judge us. <laughs> video- I don't know, but Netflix does. That's for oh, that's sure. true. Yeah. Video He's games. Still that- watching. Video games never told me I had a weird nose. <laughs> oh, he's really you weird. might not be playing the right games just saying <laughs> my mass effect character his nose is perfect <laughs> see for me i honestly think that like these people are just complaining because they don't discipline their kids oh for to sure not have yeah. boundaries <laughs> right and, and and some of the 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 uh sort of fits or tantrums that people describe like you know they're like oh this isn't normal you know my my kids didn't do this before video games you know i recall a, a christmas where my uh, younger sister wanted an iPod. Specifically, she needed an iPod. And, you know, she got an off-brand MP3 player that worked just as well. And we had ruined her life. We had ruined Christmas. She threw all her other presents on the ground and locked herself in her room all day and wouldn't talk to anyone. And... Fortnite wasn't around back then, so maybe my sister was just a brat. Yeah, right. Or maybe she needed to go in her room so she could sync that off-brand iPod to, you know, get all her songs out there. That's, <laughs> that took all day. Also, abandoned presents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. one for Robbie. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> uh, no, I mean, like, I think there is... Well, I think they're doing themselves a disservice by comparing it to cocaine because there is any sort of mental uh, addictive property to things like gaming sure. or social media or Netflix, you know, any of that stuff. Uh, if you don't watch it and if there you don't have moderation and balance. Right. But you when you start says the, it, says the guy that watches a lot of Star Trek on the weekends. A lot of Star Trek, a lot of MASH. <laughs> have trouble letting go. I guarantee uh, you'd play Spider Man a lot longer than you do if it didn't make you sick to your stomach. Oh, I'd have been done with that game in like a week. Mm-hmm. I'd have played the hell out of it. But I don't think there's anything specific about Fortnite that you can make any arguments against. The, not at all. It's any game. Only yeah. thing that I will say about Fortnite, and this is, a, I, I think, a, a dangerous precedent that, I mean, they've now set because you see something like Apex Legends emulating it, right. is that they churn out so much content. That's what gets people coming back every time. You know, yeah. that there's always something new to do. You never get to a point where you're like, all right, I've gotten all that I can. I'm going to take a break for a while. You want to constantly keep on playing it. I mean, you know, there, there, there have been rumors around the industry that the Epic development team is in constant crunch because you always have to have something new for the people who are playing to grind for, you know, to get to, 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 to be working for. And so I think that's one thing that Fortnite 
and the sort of games as services that, that they do has started because even with a, a, a massively multiplayer online you know role playing games. Well, that's what I was going to say before it was Fortnite. It was World of Warcraft, right? But they would always have sort of you know uh, three to four month cycles where obviously there was enough to always play, but some people could you know play for a few weeks, feel like they've accomplished something, and then kind of take a break for a while until the next big piece of content comes out. Right. You can kind of do that with Pokemon Go though too. Initially, when when it started, everybody yeah. was in the parks, everybody was out doing it, mm-hmm. and then people once you've caught everything, driving. With it, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) making bikes with eight phone holsters, you know. Oh, have you seen the picture of the guy over in Japan who had like like 20 on on there? Oh my god, (laughs) it's insane! But I remember, like, you remember how obsessed I was with it when we started? Like, for sure, we were moving, and he's like, We don't want to live here, there's no Pokestops. Like, it it was one of those things, but like, if if you're not, you know, if you're not doing other things with your life. It, it, I mean, that might be it. And kids, a lot of the time, if it's mostly kids that play Fortnite, right? Yeah. Look, well, I'll say this. I don't play Fortnite, and I don't do sh- <laughs> So. Touche. Uh, Touche. Look, there were other reasons I didn't want to live in that particular apartment. <laughs> the Pokestops were the first thing that I thought of to tell you about. Exactly. That maybe I could use your Pokemon Go addiction. Yeah. It's funny. No, no Pokemon, also Slumlord. Right. It's like, it's oh. fun exactly. To, it's fun to talk about this video game addiction thing, too, in the room with her when we got Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, and like yeah. the Switch disappeared for about seven days. It literally was like 40 hours and I beat the thing. And then he's like, to a point, he brought the game in the room, set it down like he was going to play something. And I picked it up and started playing it. And he like turned and was like, I was going to get Gotta get your own Switch, man. That's the first thing that I did last Christmas was buy one for my girlfriend. Yeah. 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 I've been saying because they were coming out with that smaller one. I'm like, I don't want the smaller one. No, no, no. But but they they, they also came out with uh, an upgraded version of the original that has longer battery life. Get that one. Oh, there we go. There we go. There we go. There you go. So uh, On my Tetris 99. Yeah, for sure. That's some addictive right there. Oh, yeah. Al, you've never felt the video game addiction, right? No, I've had games that I have occasionally been attached to enough that I spent a lot of time on it. But right. I mean, I've been in and out of gaming. You know, I don't. And right now, I'm at an all time low. With right. It all. What about you, Robbie? Has there ever been a game that you're like, oh, for when, sure? When you, you know, I, play, I, I, like, I, I need I dropped need. out of college because of because uh, of gaming. So what? Yeah, the whole the whole MMO thing. I mean, uh, there was a time where I was waking up at like six, seven o'clock. You know, to go to class or whatever, and then coming home and playing, you know, Final Fantasy XI or World of Warcraft, you know, into the wee hours of the night. Jeez. And uh, yeah, if it was a class that I wasn't interested, in, I, I went to uh, uh, CMU for acting, right? So if it was like a science class or a math class or something like that, I'd you know find an excuse to not go and just play games. So mm. for sure, absolutely. Yeah. And that's how Robbie got subpoenaed for the cocaine v Fortnite <laughs> lawsuit. <laughs> Well, I think it worked out for me. Look where I am now. (laughs) On Nerd Radio. It really worked out for you. In my studio. (laughs) In Checkpoint Studio. The other guys are going to be crap for that later. It's our studio. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. We're the guests. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the Joker movie, which released last week. We've got uh, Jason from the Dave and Chuck the Freak Show, and we actually recorded that segment first. Yes, we went so, out of order. Yeah, so so, so the, the the point being, we decided to go. Everyone in the room had seen the the movie, so we went spoiler heavy. But we recorded it first because Jason had to get back to something. So yes. if you have not seen Joker yet and you don't want to listen to spoilers, you can turn the podcast off at this point. You know, maybe come back after you see it because you know we would, and we'd love to hear your thoughts. Absolutely, when we get around to that. But uh, that's why it's going to sound like 
the first segment because it was originally supposed to be. Yes. So, anyway. So, uh, that's coming up for you next, and then we'll be back next week with some Nerd Radio. Rob, thanks for coming in. Uh, thanks for having me. We absolutely in my appreciate own studio. It. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely appreciate you letting us use your studio and coming in to join us. No problem. Feel free to join us in here anytime. Can, can I just like, like if you guys are in here recording, if I want to, I can just walk in. Absolutely. I usually don't get in. I don't wake up till a bit later. You guys usually halfway through your show. No, please point. do. That's how okay. it normally would yeah. go. That's you part can of just, the like, fun. People just walk in in the middle yeah. of it and yell things and walk back out. So that's how I got here. Yeah, that's that how I got, got here. here. And they kind of gave you a bit of a job pressing a button. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I had to get up and walk, and I groaned the entire time. Oh. <laughs> it's usually right in front, and I actually the the sad thing is I groan when I all I have to do is lean over the table. Yeah. <laughs> the same thing. Ah, oh, Jesus. Yeah. All right. Well, as always, follow us on our social media at Nerd Radio One Hundred and One. Make sure you uh, like and subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you check us out on YouTube. There are plenty of nerd radios, but you'll see our smiling faces in a couple of clips, so you'll know which one is us. It's at Nerd Radio. 101. And before uh, before we go, Acronym, uh, you've actually got a review of the Joker movie on your website? I do. If you go to acronymofficial.com slash zine, you should be able to find it up there. You'll see that still shot of the Joker saying put on a happy face on his mirror. So uh, that would be the one to read. See how professional I am? I call her, I call her by her professional <laughs> name. I don't call her Amy. I know. Yeah, right. You don't want anyone to know it's Amy. That's right. <laughs> I, I, I secretly came into this building today. Nobody knew I was here. Oh. S- smuggled her in. Now i got to smuggle her out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Nerd Radio returns. This is Nerd Radio. I want nothing. <laughs> I want absolutely nothing. There's no prize to win here. We're all losers. Welcome to Nerd Radio on the podcast page at WRAF.com, as well as in Boston on, give it to me now, <laughs> Rock929rocks.com. Thank you very much. Uh, my name is Chuck Bean. I'm joined by my co-host, Al Beck. We are typically joined by James from Dave and Chuck the Freak. He had some business to attend to. Yeah, you've heard of being double booked. I think he was quadruple booked today. Sure. So he just did not have, he just couldn't. So, right. Um, but we got three people to fill in for him. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> I put the call out for a, uh, for like a, a replacement James. Yeah. And everybody answered. And, and room, it took three people. We've got a room full of people. Yep. It is a big man thong to fill. <laughs> it's a very it's big fair. man thong to fill. It's fair. We're joined by Acronym, whose voice you just heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're Hello. also joined by Checkpoint XP's Robbie. Yeah, um, I don't know how I feel about being a guest in my own studio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, isn't it weird? Well, here's... <laughs> Well, Robbie's got some controls over there that I am delighted with, and we may have to bring him back more often. <laughs> just to run the drops? Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Uh, we're also joined by uh, by Jason from the Dave and Chuck the Freak Show today. Uh, I feel great at being an honorary nerd for this. Yes. You know? <laughs> we appreciate <laughs> having you in here. It's nice. <laughs> we appreciate having you in here. And uh, the reason we've got a full room is because this week was the uh, the Joker movie. Yeah. Which uh, many of us did. Robbie, did you get a chance to go and see I it? I did. I did indeed. All right. All right. So we got a room, room. full yeah. of people who have all seen it. So if you have not seen it, sorry, we're about to spoil the uh-huh. out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, DMX is here too. Yeah, right. yeah. It's, cool. it's, I told you it's a full room, man. Like, you know what I was thinking the, uh, when we d- found out that we were going to have to do this, uh, you know, kind of on our own here, is that uh, <laughs> kind of on our own? How long have we, you and I, been doing this podcast together? No. Uh, when, it, when it was like, okay, <laughs> James has been here for seven months and we forgot how to do nerd radio, right? But James runs the the, the, the Twitch, Twitch stream, yeah. so like I have to. This is so if the video is terrible today, it's on me. Yeah. Um, but, well, uh, I put my foot down that I was not going to be doing that. Right, so, you right. know, you so can put it on it was, me. I don't care. No, I knew it was up to me to do it. But the thing, <laughs> yeah. that, the thing that occurred to me is, like, I enjoy this studio specifically because it reminds me of the TARDIS. 
Oh yeah, it's a, it's a, in a round. It's yeah, everything yeah. is is centralized in, yeah. and like I, essentially, you know, it's built for five people. Yeah. But when we come in here, we're only three people, so we're essentially running it like the it doctor. It does seem a lot bigger on the inside too. <laughs> it, it's true, yeah. for sure. <laughs> and the doctor doesn't always know what buttons he's pushing either. So <laughs> Neither do I. Also exactly. True. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, the real reason we are, we are here this week is to talk about the Joker. Once mm. again, if you have not seen it, this uh, this is going to be pretty spoiler heavy. So you may want to I don't know skip this week's Nerd Radio or maybe fast forward about twenty minutes and uh, check out the rest of the podcast. But if that's too much work for you, I understand. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So here we go. Uh, the Joker, uh, the DC Comics movie based on the Batman villain, released this uh, weekend. Did surprisingly well. At the box office? It did. It did very well. I would say. Yeah. Uh, did um, I had it up here, but I have so many buttons to hit that I need to look at, at it again. Uh, let's go around the table, though. Let's. Uh, what did everybody... Did, you went and saw it, Al, on... Uh, Saturday night, Saturday. yeah. Uh, what, Do we want to just go around, uh, thumbs up and thumbs down real quick? Sure. And see if we're on the same page. A thumbs up for me. Yeah. Give it a thumbs up. Yeah. I thought it was fine. Oh. Thought well, it was okay? Circle okay. Back. We'll circle yeah. back to that. <laughs> Amy's giving... Yep. I'm just giving thumbs. Amy's giving the thumbs up, for <laughs> oh. sure. <laughs> I thought it was good. I thought it was a. I, th- I, th- I thought it was a good movie. Um, I don't know that I want another one. Okay, yeah, I, I can agree with that right there for sure. Yeah, yeah. there's like, no reason for a sequel for that. Right uh, now, do you mean you don't want a sequel? You don't want more of Joker? Or do you not want another movie like that? Like they do a, a Riddler version of that movie? Is that what you mean? Okay, that's that's the thing. Is that I walked out of the theater and I told Amy I was like I want more movies like like this. Okay, and less movies like Dark Phoenix. <laughs> well, I think everybody can agree with that. I still haven't watched. I bought the Blu-ray and it's sitting on my shelf. I'm so, like, mm. so Chuck's over here saying the equivalent of, "I would like less people to punch me, but please bring me more cake." <laughs> okay, yeah, no, that's that's fair. That's fair. No, and in saying that, also, I, who has cake? That's what I want to know now. Yeah, no, cake. Um, what what I mean by that is that I like that the movie felt like it did not take anything specifically from any particular comic mm. and try and adapt it. It took the essence of a character and wrote a story around like, what if? What yeah. if this was what if this was what happened? And that's why he becomes this monster serial killer kind of thing. I was also so safe though. Do you feel that? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think the see that that was my biggest problem was walking out of it, I felt like the the movie itself that that, that director Todd Phillips didn't take any of his own liberties. He didn't take any risks. He didn't have any vision of his own. It was just, hey, this guy goes crazy and becomes the Joker. Okay. Interesting. I guess I can see that. You know, in, in, in a similar way that actually, you know, there's a point in the movie where he says that he doesn't believe in anything. Yeah. I feel like the movie, and w- whether or not it was uh, purposeful or not, kind of took that same sort of standpoint that this isn't really about anything. And, well, I guess that m- makes sense with the character a little bit. I also don't think that it's the best stance to take for the movie itself. It, it, that's why it kind of just hit middle of the road for me. Okay. No, I can I can see that totally. And that's why I wanted to have everybody that's in this room uh, to have this discussion because I feel like everybody can walk away from a movie like this yeah. with different feelings that you can key in on different things. No, and I am glad that we have an opinion that's like, it wasn't bad, but, you know, it was what it was because right. I think the rest of us thought it was great. Jason, I mean, you loved it. Yeah, I mean, I love the real world take on it of, yeah. for what it was. You know, as a guy who, you know, I'm on nerd radio, but isn't like super in-depth into most of the comic books. Sure. It gave me a chance to see a movie with a real world depiction of a character and see like what could actually turn you into a villainous person. You know? yeah. So from somebody outside of the realm, I think it's very interesting to see, you know, like how that could develop and what could really make you be as like much of a lunatic as somebody like the Joker was. 
You know, because I think if you remove it from the comic books area, right, it could be an amazing, like, Oscar-worthy standalone movie on its own just sure. for, like, the, the drama and what it was all about. And when you put it, you know, through a lens of a familiar story like the Joker, I, I feel sure. like that's what also drew me to go because if you just said it was, like, this thriller movie, I might have stayed away from it if I didn't have some familiarity of, like, what this uh, guy was going to end up being. Yeah, because you're not really super nerdy, like, it's super nerdy stuff. I mean, you kind of like Star Wars. Yeah, I like Star Wars. and You'll you know, see, like, the Marvel movies, but you're not super into it. You don't read the comics or anything like that. And obviously you're familiar with Joker and Batman. Yeah, uh, I know all the characters. You know, right. I played a lot of the video games, and I, I grew up around it. I yeah. just don't have any, like, super in-depth You're not attached things to, like that. to it yeah. in ways that other people, right. you know, absolutely can be. Yes. Uh, you I, don't have a tattoo of the Joker like somebody in this room? I don't. Right. <laughs> right. I don't. <laughs> I can well, kind of agree well, with Robbie, though, honestly, because it's um, even though I really liked it and everything, I don't feel like they necessarily had a good grasp on where they were going to go with it until the twist at the end. But I also was look it at it. really a twist? Uh, not really. But I also look at it from the the mindset of I feel like the media hyped this up so much. That's why it's so successful because people wanted to know how screwed up it was going to be. Sure. And it really wasn't that screwed up. Yeah. I've seen worse things in training day. There was like what? One really graphic scene and yeah. the rest was just, you know, gun violence and, and I was and like, whatnot. wow, right. you guys massively exaggerated how violent this is. I don't feel like it's that violent at all. I mean, yeah, I watch Hannibal once a week, but. <laughs> at the same time, so I don't feel like it was that violent. That sets the bar. I mean, kind of, when you know. It comes to violence. I'm going to need you to train the camera on acronym for the rest of the show for the show, evidence. Just to make sure. <laughs> just, just in case well, you know, just, something were to happen to any of us. T- take into consideration, because first of all, one of the things that I've been hearing from a lot of people is, oh, this is the first like artsy comic book film that they've made, and that's why it's so great. But you know, right. what about Logan? What about Watchmen? Mm-hmm. What about Sin City? Oh, for sure. You know, and, yeah. and I think uh, uh, all of those also sort of uh, uh, come up to the same level of violence in one way or another as well. So, yeah, to me, this movie didn't really do anything new or different. You know, you had actually brought up uh, uh, the fact that it's set more in in you know the real world that that is a cool aspect and i actually think that had they not actually called it the joker had they just based it on the joker and taken a few more liberties they could have had a few more twists in there you know because we know he's the joker i hope you're not rooting for him as we're going through the movie or that anyone uh uh, anticipated well maybe he won't turn you know maybe we'll have a happy ending right Mm. it's the joker we knew that wasn't going to happen but had it not been the joker and been something more original and again had philip sort of uh, uh put his own vision and twist on this it could have. I think that would have – I don't know how it would have uh, sat with fans, but I would have really respected if we got to the end of this. And he did save himself somehow. You know, He didn't uh, uh, end up going down that path. Well, not to get too serious about the whole thing. I think why part so of, serious? Why so serious? <laughs> um, I think the whole part of it nice is the fact that he, it, he goes through this thing about being in poverty and losing um, a connection to get his medication. And then he just goes, does this downward spiral. And this happens in real life. Like, yes. Been there. You know, so for me, I kept looking at it going, this could happen to almost anybody. Mm-hmm. Anybody could become this maniac if they're not, you know, don't have access to medication, don't have access to help, that sort of thing. And I think that they were trying to make that point. And I could see the point because I've been through that. But I don't think that people who 
haven't been through that see that point. And even getting proper help, because at one point right. he's with the therapist, and he's like, are you even listening to me? Yeah, right. she point. was just but, asking, did you bring your journal? Did yeah. you do this or that? I think it does make, like, obviously we weren't expecting a, a happy ending, a different ending for the Joker, uh, but I did think it made him more of a sympathetic character, not forgivable. He's still right. murderous. Yeah, that's the that's the important distinction, I but, think, is but, that he he, by the end of this movie, has a body count and has... And is a you know a, on his way to becoming the monster yeah. that we know from all other mediums, but um, but you do kind of get a sense of. I know that I walked out of this movie thinking, especially with the connection to Bruce Wayne that happens in this movie, like twenty years need to go by before Bruce Wayne is old enough to be Batman, and that makes the Joker in his forties, and I don't want to watch. A 20-year-old rich kid in a bat costume who wanted for nothing other than the fact his parents died uh, beating the crap out of a 40-year-old guy <laughs> with mental problems <laughs> that society has failed. Well, you, you know, uh, going back to your point, Acronym, uh, um, first of all, the fact that uh, uh, in the killing joke, there's a line that uh, Joker says that, you know, any person is only one bad day away from becoming me. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that they easily could have focused a bit more on, right? Because obviously, if you're if you know the Joker mythos, you can pick up those types of hints. But you're right; they didn't really go that hard into it. They didn't really pick like a bottom line or or, or a message to put out there. And what I thought would have been really interesting, because once he starts going off of his meds, obviously he's still a lunatic for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. But he becomes more confident. He becomes more sure of himself. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, it's, it's it's society that determines you know who's crazy and who's not crazy. But this idea that maybe society putting him on these medications, putting him through these treatments, that's what kind of started to mess him up because they're like, you know, the, the history that you've had growing up the way you did, of course you're crazy. Take all this medicine. Maybe had he grown up not going through all of that, he would have been a bit more stable. Yeah. But because of what society put him through, now that he's off the medication, he starts to see things a lot more clear. And I think sort of playing with that a little bit more that am I the way I am because of myself or because of society could have been really interesting. And I think it le- it leveled out a little bit more on the society end, at least in my mind, because it's like he goes to Arkham and gets the files on his mom, who isn't his mom, and he starts to realize, okay, my mom has issues, but I'm not biologically related to her. So I don't know if it's a Stockholm Syndrome type thing, too, of him having more issues than he actually did to begin with. Mm. Right, but he not... was he was abused as a child. They said that they found him like tied up to yeah. a radiator. Which he has completely blocked out. That's, exactly. That's you know, sitting down in his psyche somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that they could have left out all notion of Zazy Beats. That, that didn't need to happen. If they took that out and they put more substance to bring him to the point that he's at, I feel like it would have made a little bit more sense, but there was no need for the the relationship. When angle. I had first heard that there was like a girlfriend figure, I'm like, what? It doesn't make yeah. any sense for the Joker at all. I feel like they might have put that in there just to dispel the incel comments that got made. Like maybe that was maybe. an afterthought because I didn't pull an incel thing from this at all. Like I wish I, I felt could... like it was like low income and mental health. I wish I could clearly remember, but there is something in in one of his lines that feels like it was pulled right off the internet. Like right off something I've seen some incel say on Twitter or something like that, and I was like, uh, but then he says, you know, there's a there's a lot of the whole like you know anti you know rich people yeah going on in there in there too, and that's I felt from, a lot more eat the rich than anything, and, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. obviously from like the other political end of the spectrum kind of thing. I t- I told you when we got done, I felt like I was being told things that politically I have agreed with in the past, but I was being told them by somebody I do not like at all. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Well, it's it's weird too because it's like he ends up with that still of him with the mirror where it says put on a happy face and he right. says like we're always told that we need to be happy and be nice to people and all this other stuff but everybody is total uh, bags to each other right sorry thanks dmx <laughs> <laughs> he covered it up yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I felt like this movie was kind of a reflection in that aspect of of we're seeing what society is really like through the eyes of somebody that is as low as possible and sure we don't really like to be reminded that we're assholes Mm. Animals! They're all just animals! <laughs> right. And that right there is why Robbie's going to have to join us every single week from now on. I love it. <laughs> what did every... Uh, we just did... signed him up. We didn't... He didn't... Yeah, has he's... not agreed. He's agreed to nothing. You've but been we're... drafted. Yes. Yeah, so in your own studio. He's being expected. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about payment later. All right. Yeah, well, I'll pay you half of what I'm making to do oh, this. Cool. <laughs> here's, uh, a, what... here's a hint. Zero times zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah zero. exactly. Yeah. Uh, what about the performance, though, of Joaquin Phoenix? I will say that that is the one part of the film that definitely stands above, above the rest. Regardless yeah. of what I think about it, Joaquin Phoenix as uh, Arthur Fleck as the Joker was incredible. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Jason, how did you feel? Yeah, about I mean, it? I think him in that role is a big part of what made the movie so good for me. You know, I don't know if the acting wasn't as good, would the movie have been as good? You know, I think he carried that. Mm. It was mesmerizing. The role on his own and his transformation is reminiscent of like Christian Bale and the machinist, like how much weight yeah. he was able to lose. Oh my God. Yeah. Especially like ribs were poking like, out. Like disfigurement and like almost mm-hmm. looked like he was like a totally different person. And, and the dancing. Yeah, <laughs> dancing was yeah. It's I mean, it's mesmerizing. It's, it's uh, it was fascinating. I can and see too where where um he has said in interviews that like that's not a headspace he really wants to revisit. Like I oh for after sure. seeing the movie itself, I can see where like yeah, I would be proud of the work I did, but I don't know that I'd ever want to go back to it. Well, we were kind of talking about that, Jason, about some of the stories about him walking off set, you know, and then watching the movie and kind of be like, oh my god, like this guy. We had to put himself in this, the mindset he would have had to put himself in to be this character. Well, right. They had a segment of him like that they showed on, I don't know if it was Kimmel or Fallon, but it was him like saying bad things about the cinematographer in character to try to like amp himself up. And when they played it, they didn't prepare him for it, that they were going to play it. So oh, he kind okay. of got that whole thing that he got from the talk show host in the movie. Sure. They did the same thing to him in real life. And he was like, can we move on, please? Like, yeah, I, don't like, wanna... I, I can't deal and, with that. And that's something to be said of, like, we uh, at least I loved Heath Ledger's version of the Joker, mm-hmm. but it, it it would be interesting to see if Joaquin goes off the deep end again, because he's done it before, yeah. but it, if you can come out of being a method ac- actor playing the Joker and not being messed up, I wonder if that's something you could do, because uh, Jared I Leto's be... already messed up. Well, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if, uh, if he has to have, uh, uh, you know, therapy for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, in order to get out of the, you know, the mindset of playing Killmonger in Black Panther, had mentioned that he had to go to, you know, therapy to help yeah. uh, uh, remove himself from that as well. And Josh right. Brolin came to the defense of Joaquin Phoenix, too, on Instagram. He was. Uh, he wrote like a whole big thing about the movie and was just saying that he did an amazing job. But like, this is the mindset that you have to be in to see it. Is that if you have gone through some trauma, you probably get it more. So oh, it's not just would... flipping a switch for no, sure. No, not at all. He's gonna need to change his laugh also because you can't just be going around laughing. Make sure you. They're gonna hear you in go. your Jew cave just cackling. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> On the point about Joaquin Phoenix carrying it, though, I feel like that that's a trend for a lot of Todd Phillips movies. You know, would 
Would due date have been as funny as it was if it wasn't for Robert Downey Jr. and Zach Galifianakis? Sure. Would the Hangover movies have been as funny as they were without the cast that they had? Mm. It's true. Yeah, for sure. What is, while we're speaking about the laugh, how did everybody feel about the the character um, having like a, a Tourette's that caused him to laugh at inappropriate times? Because that could have come off really kind of kind of dopey. But I felt like the the pain on his face yeah. when it would it occur. Well. Yeah, I thought I, I, like, I thought I it was felt, handled well. I felt like, oh wow, that's that's a terrible burden. It got worse and worse as time went on too. At first, it was like he looked like he was fine, but then as time went on, like with the guys in the subway, yeah, he was like you could tell he was trying to rein it in and he couldn't. And yeah, then he, just kind of lost. He it. looked like it, it was physically painful mm-hmm. that he was laughing and could not stop himself from doing so. But what I like about it is at the end, it almost seemed that. He let it go and became okay with his laugh, you know, because yeah. he realized that his mom had been telling him that there was something wrong with him, you know, like that he wasn't supposed to feel that way. Right. And that's why laughing was uncomfortable. Right. But once he sort of moved past that and saw that, like, he was becoming the Joker almost and was being like welcomed by that whole crowd, you know, like after being on the police car, that you know, I think it set up a good way to be like, well, maybe he's not comfortable. Like, it just makes him more of the villain that he's comfortable. With, sure. Like the la- like his uncomfortable feelings are okay with him now because he believes like that there's nothing wrong with the way he's feeling. He he has that so uh, like, line where he says, you know, I always thought that my life was a tragedy. So that way, you know, when he would laugh, he he's being told that you're laughing at something you should be sad about. Right. Mm-hmm. But once he says it's a comedy, he realizes I'm laughing not because stuff's sad or or, or I shouldn't be. It's because it's funny. Right. I'm laughing because it's funny. Mm-hmm. You know, you you did mention like you you kind of compared it to like an involuntary Tourette's almost. Right. I, what I think is interesting, the way you described it that way, did anyone else have the experience when they went to the movie theater that people were laughing at really uncomfortable moments? In inappropriate yeah. moments? Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, and it was always like a person up front and a person behind you. It was always like one or two people that would laugh, and you're like, there's nothing funny happening. Well, that's like, what's up? What's going on with you? Yeah, you yeah. Know? Like, are they crazy or, or are they uncomfortable? Congratulations. Having... You've identified the psychopaths. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Did you ever, um, did anybody in here catch the whole Gary Glitter part of the dancing? Did anybody have like a Red Wings resurgence in your in your system or was that <laughs> just did. me? Yeah, Because it started that... playing Gary Glitter's Hey Song while he's dancing on the steps and oh, I'm yeah. like, it's uh, Red Wings, yes, yes. <laughs> this, is, this is a Red Wings song. People are so here? mad about it though because he, he's been convicted as a pedophile or something yeah. like that yeah. so that he's yeah. getting royalties for this now. Sure. But there's the argument of like everybody's still listening to Michael Jackson too. So. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure that like it was it was, there was a lot of when they when they were doing it they were like well it has to be this song like this song is perfect for what's going on in this scene. I think they said that Joaquin actually asked for that song. Yeah. Like that that was what was going on in his head at the time. But the music was really good. Like I didn't feel like it was as in your face as like Suicide Squad where it was yeah. just like yeah. okay and musical entrance you know so. If I had one complaint about it, I feel like you could have done almost the entire movie without at all mentioning the Waynes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we... I don't mind it, but I also agree that it was not necessary. We've complained about it uh, before the last time they decided that they needed to show us uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne getting shot. Like, yeah. it's, it's the Uncle Ben of the DC Universe. <laughs> like, I know. I and know the it happened. There's oh, the pearls yeah. again. Although yeah. I will say that that was one of the, the, the small things that I found interesting was the, the idea that the Joker created Batman. Because throughout most of his mythos, the idea is that when Batman emerges, that 
you know, forces the crime element to yeah. adapt and sort yeah. of evolve to match him. And the idea right. that the Joker inadvertently created uh, uh, Batman. And then when you look at the way that the how he's obsessed with him the same way that he was obsessed with uh, Thomas being his father, it's this really weird kind of messed up maybe father-son dynamic almost. So right. it, 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 it's interesting. Again, it's not something that's really explored all that much and I think actually still done in the 1989 film uh, first, so it's still a lot of imitation on Philip's part, but it yeah. was still interesting. And I appreciate that in the 89 film, it, it is specifically Jack Napier that kills Thomas and Mark yes, Wayne, whereas yes. this, this one definitely it, does he has it no real connection yeah, no, to what happens to the two of them. Mm-hmm. It's just the anarchy that happens because of him. I do think it's important, though, because Thomas Wayne is one of the people that makes the um, the riots a little bit worse by calling yes. all of these people that are lower income, lower class, don't have a job clowns. True. And yeah. then the next thing you know, there's all these clowns everywhere. And so it kind of helps fuel the Joker's fire. To that is true. I, I like that point that you're making because you could get the same result with somebody else, but would it go as far if it wasn't a Wayne yeah. making yeah. that comment? So, yeah, no, I'll give you that. But again, like like Chuck said, I mean, I, I don't mind that it happened. You know, but right. if, if it was, if they, if the Waynes weren't in it at all, it would have been fine. Because that's one of the things that I did like about this, and Jason and I have talked about this, that it takes a familiar theme. You know, mental illness and this poor guy who never really had a chance and becomes, a, a, you know, an insane killer and all that. But it's just with a familiar skin. You could tell that story without it having any connection to Batman right. or being the Joker. It just sort of makes it more familiar. And uh, a, see, I might have I might have actually enjoyed that more had it not been the Joker, because then I think you can allow yourself to feel for him and hope that maybe by the end. Some miracle happens. Yeah. You know, some, someone now, shows up who can actually help him out go, in go some way. Go watch Rec for a dream, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, don't do that again. Don't do that. I'm sure this decision won't haunt you forever. <laughs> That's it. Robbie's permanently on Nerd Radio. Somebody in your stream, by the way, is asking, is this a go to, go to the theater and see the movie, or is this a wait till it's released movie? Well, let's go around the table. I think I have to admit that I did sit in that theater a little bit fearful that possibly somebody who has mental illness might be identifying too strongly with this movie and sitting there with a firearm just waiting for their moment. There was a, uh, I forget which state it was in, but there was a theater where someone had walked in with a backpack and like went up in front of the screen and just stood there like surveying the audience like long enough to where everyone just started leaving themselves. Yeah. I'm I'm out. I don't care. I don't care if tickets were 15 goddamn dollars. I'm out. There were some people that were, there was like a scandal of someone put up a a sign at an AMC pretending that like you could only go in if you had a couple, like that you weren't in. Oh, the the, the, the arc light systems or or, or whatnot sign. Yeah, Yeah, basically saying any any white males, unless you can prove that you've recently had sex in the last year, you're not allowed to enter. Yeah. Jesus. And then they ended up finding out the guy that was trying to like throw them under the bus was the one that put up the sign. Oh my God. Um, but Al, what, do you, what do you think? Is this, I say go to the theater. Go to the theater and see it. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like the, all those stories are obviously very rare. The ones right. that we just talked about, they are going to make news. Yep. Mostly because of the the shooting that took place during the Dark Knight, and that's you know a lot of what where all that came from. But I say that's so rare that's hardly even a risk. Yeah. Um, well, if it comes and down to it, not to interrupt you, no. but like people were literally saying, don't go see Dark Knight Rises for that reason. Right. Because that you could get shot. And I'm like, you can get shot anywhere. You can get people shot anywhere, anytime. That. And like I mentioned before, the people kind of laughing at inappropriate moments, there was something about the atmosphere in the theater that added something to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like seeing a comedy that's funnier when you see it with other people right. or right. by yourself. So, I mean, 
if you wait till it's out on DVD, Blu-ray, on demand, whatever. I mean, it's I still going to be good. It's still going to be good, but uh, if you have the time to go um, to the theater, I mean, right. I would say that there's an atmosphere to it that you'll that'll add to it. What about you, Jason? Where I, just, do you fall? I think you should go to the theater. There's some movies that um, being in like on the big screen, as they say, you know, that really like add to what the movie was. Right. I feel like my Review would have been lessened if I was just watching it at home versus being like in that environment and that atmosphere, like Al was saying. And if you do watch it at home, just make sure like it's under the right guys. Like when I watched Chernobyl, I did it during the day. Okay, and I felt like weird with the shades drawn. You know, it's like this really dark movie that I'm watching. And then I'm thinking of taking inventory of myself. You know, like I, maybe I should open the blinds. Up. <laughs> Something's like going on here, but. I would go to the theater. I think it's worth it. Yeah, Robbie? Yeah, see, I do think that going to the theater ch- can change the way that you view certain movies. You know, I watched the original uh, Pacific Rim just at home on a computer screen and felt like I really missed out not going to That's the theater. That's how I felt when this. I finally saw Pacific Rim. I was yeah. like, damn it, I should have seen these yeah. giant um, robots and monsters in a Unfortunately, I don't think that, that the Joker is one of those. I think you can just wait to like watch it on a plane or something. Yeah. yeah. On a plane. Yeah, wow. on, a plane. <laughs> on a plane. Yeah. All right, no, Robbie yeah. is off of nerd radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it was short. Bro, you've got to back off now. <laughs> uh, Amy, did you give an answer? Did you? I, I've given many answers. <laughs> I apologize. I'm th- very overpassionate. No, is it a theater movie? or Theater is it movie. A- I definitely would say it's a theater movie, even though I did feel that same thing with, like you were saying, like you're kind of worried like yeah. at one point i heard somebody like make a noise and i kind of tensed up yeah um but at the same time it's you know i i think that hearing it as loudly as you can as around you as you can you can immerse yourself in any mm. story so i a lot of the time i agree with f- theater over even watching it at home for the first time yeah so yeah. Right. and i think it adds to the uncomfortableness of the movie too being in public with other people who are also very uncomfortable yeah the ones that want to you know punch sarah connor for the previews or yeah. the ones that are snoring yeah, well, that's that's what I was going to say. The guy, this is I've been <laughs> the other the other. I don't remember what the other movie was. I think it was one of the Spider-Man movies. But we went to the same theater, uh, and I I swear it was almost the same dude that was sitting right next to me that fell asleep in the middle of the movie. Oh, just started snoring. Now that, that, <laughs> like, I would find yeah. that troubling if you can just take a nap during the Joker. <laughs> right, right. Okay, well, but then again, speaking of uh, laughing at inappropriate moments, if James were here, he would let you know that I laugh at inappropriate moments myself. So. Well, that's true. <laughs> that is so, true. What was it? Uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. Yes, Whenever yes. Somebody yeah. would get murdered. I would laugh. Because yeah, and if James <laughs> found that fun. very troubling. He, he did. Yeah. It's all bad. It's, it's all, all bad. bad. Yeah. It's all bad. Uh, yeah. So, um, like I said, well, James, of course, isn't here because he's you know got a bunch of stuff going on, and uh, right. Jason did join us. We had a few people on the chat screen very excited that you were here, Jason. Yeah, well, that's good. At least somebody is. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the Jew. Sound the Jew horn on oh, the chat screen. Yeah, His no. name is Jason. When I'm off of the show, I just go by Jason. His name usually, is Jason. You know, I, I introduced myself to somebody here at the station, and he didn't know. Like He was confused that I didn't introduce myself there. Yeah. Right, right. That's, just, your, that's my character name. That's yeah, not my yeah. real name. Yeah, I just play one on the show. Yeah, I just right. play one on the show. <laughs> and I am, and yeah, I am one of them. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Hi. Well, the last point I want to make um, before we wrap this up, or unless you had something else to add. I do but, not. No. Well, the first impression we got of this movie really was they revealed the makeup. And personally, when I first saw the Joker makeup, my reaction was, I mean, I don't know about this. It right. looks kind of silly. Uh, Awkward. Pretty yeah, much. Pretty much. And I've really felt like, you know what, I'm putting some faith in Joaquin Phoenix because I'm such a big fan of his. Sure. Um, but I'll tell you, after seeing the movie and seeing the character's path, I love the makeup, and I thought it fit the the movie and the tone that they set, and the fact that he sort of 
changes the makeup at the end. I love that the I love that the suit he is wearing at the end of the movie is almost exactly the suit of the action figure from like 1989, the one that they made for the movie, the the Tim Burton Batman movie that looked nothing like Jack Nicholson mm. but looked like comic book Joker. Like it's the exact suit. Yeah, you, you know, and there's actually awesome. uh, another interesting uh, quote by Todd Phillips. Uh, uh, you know, after the opening weekend here, where he said that. Uh, this particular story isn't even necessarily the Joker. You know, he's he didn't put much stock in that, which again I think is more of him just middling and not making a decision. Right. But he also put out <laughs> the idea that maybe these events are what actually end up inspiring who becomes the real Joker. For sure. Yeah, and that's uh, that's the ambiguity of the character is probably one of my favorite things when it comes to that particular Batman villain is the idea like when you watch The Dark Knight and he has all of these stories and you mm-hmm. don't know which of them are are, are any of them true. Which is the same thing that they always do in the comics. Even when they finally gave him like an actual, this is his origin story. Right. At the end of it, he goes, but every time I remember it, it's different. Yeah. Well, in, in that Harley comic that you brought home, too. Right. He He's telling all these different therapists a different story. And uh, Harleen's going through every video going like, this guy doesn't have an origin story. He just right. tells a different story every time. Yeah. When, he ta- when she talks to him about one of them, he's like, oh, I love that one. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Well, thank you, uh, thank you, Jason, for coming in. No uh, I know you've got some stuff to, to get to, and, uh, the, the, and we're going to continue with some nerd radio here in just a moment. Except it doesn't. It does, you're right. Because the show is over now. Thank <laughs> you. Damn it, Chuck! I'm in a difficult situation here. I mean, after all, you're nerds. Hey, we're out. You just told me to shut up. Shut up, Al! I'm going to make you regret that. All right, fine. It also makes you incredibly mean. (laughs) Fair. Absolutely fair. (laughs) I am delighted right now. (laughs) 